Welcome to the European Vascular Podcasts. My name is Melina Vega de Zeniga. And my name is Agla Kovalunita. This month's editor's choice is Endovascular versus Open Repair for Abdominal Aortic Aneurysms. Systematic review and meta-analysis of updated perioperative and long-term data of randomized controlled trials by doctors Antonio and colleagues. Once again, we have a meta-analysis, the highest level of evidence, of a hot topic, the management of abdominal aortic aneurysms with either EVAR or open repair. There have been previous meta-analyses on the same topic, so what does this new paper offer additionally? This new analysis includes long-term results of the classic randomized trials, the OVER, DREAM, EVAR1 and ACE trials, as well as a Chinese, a Canadian and a smaller Dutch trial additionally. This long-term data is longer than 12, 14 and 15 years for three of the trials, so the meta-analysis could obtain conclusive results for the timeframes of the first six months to up to four years after the procedure, this is not new, and also four to eight years and beyond eight years. It is important information to apply in everyday clinical practice. What precisely was the objective of this meta-analysis? The objective, as stated by the authors, was to investigate whether standard EVAR has better perioperative and late clinical outcomes than open repair for unruptured asymptomatic abdominal aortic aneurysms. Symptomatic or ruptured aneurysms and those who required complex endovascular procedures were excluded so the results of this study cannot be extrapolated to these cases. What outcome variables were included? The primary outcomes were 30-day and in-hospital mortality, all-cause mortality, and aneurysm-related mortality. Secondary outcomes were re-intervention rates, aneurysm rupture, death due to aneurysm rupture, and death due to malignancy. Were the methods used by the authors robust? Yes. The authors followed the PRISMA guidelines, Predefined their selection criteria and outcome measures. They made a systematic literature search in Medline, Embase, and Central with no language constraints up to July 2019. They included quality, risk of bias, and heterogeneity assessment. They performed data extraction, management, and synthesis in a systematic protocol. Okay, so how many papers and patients does this study include? The literature search and selection identified seven RCTs in 18 publications. Reports on cost-effectiveness, quality of life, and postdoc analysis were excluded. The trials reported a total of 2,983 patients, 1,518 of whom underwent EVAR, and the remaining 1,465 open repair. However, not all included trials reported all the outcomes the authors of this meta-analysis wanted to study, so the number of patients vary for different analyses. Okay, so there's quite a lot to unpack here. Let's start with their primary outcomes. What did they find? 30-day mortality was reported in 4 out of the 7 trials and included 1,265 patients in the EVA group and 1,207 in the open repair group. 30-day mortality was 1.2% after EVAR and 3.1% after open repair, significantly lower for EVAR with an odds ratio of 0.36. In-hospital mortality was reported in five trials for a total of 1,297 EVAR patients and 1,269 open repair patients. This in-hospital mortality was 1.4% and 4.5% respectively, similarly significant in favor of EVAR. 
This is something that these trials established from the start. It is well known and undisputed. Another primary outcome was all-cause mortality. This variable was assessed in three trials, EVA1, OVER and DREAM, with a total of 2,484 patients. They found no significant difference in all-cause mortality at any time between EVA and OPEN repair. Within six months of surgery, all-cause mortality was significantly lower after EVA, but the difference became non-significant at longer intervals post-treatment. The certainty for evidence was considered high for this variable. What about aneurysm-related mortality? This primary outcome was assessed in only two trials, EVA1 and DREAM, in a total of 1,603 patients. Overall, there was no significant difference in aneurysm-related mortality at any time, but looking into different time intervals, the authors found that aneurysm-related mortality was significantly lower after EVA during the first six months of follow-up, with an odds ratio of 0.42. It was similar in the six-month to four-year period, but significantly higher after EVA in the four- to eight-year interval, with an odds ratio of 3.46, and beyond eight years of follow-up, with an odds ratio of 5.12. The certainty of evidence was found to be moderate for this variable. Let's move on to the secondary outcomes. Reintervention rates first. This variable was again only available in the EVA1 and DREAM trials, and their meta-analysis found 2.13 times higher risk of reintervention after EVAR, with moderate certainty of evidence. What about aneurysm rupture? The data from long-term aneurysm rupture was obtained from the OVER and DREAM trials in 1,232 patients. EVAR was associated with a five-fold greater risk of late aneurysm rupture compared to open repair. The risk of death due to aneurysm rupture was also significantly higher after EVAR, with an odds ratio of 3.57, as assessed in the OVER, DREAM and EVAR1 trials. And finally, death due to cancer. This was again assessed in three trials, EVAR1, OVER and DREAM, and no significant difference was found between EVAR and open repair for long-term death due to cancer. And Melina, why are these results relevant? This meta-analysis addresses key issues in the choice of treatment of aneurysm patients, early procedure-related mortality, late aneurysm rupture and aneurysm-related mortality, and late reintervention rates. The risks are significantly lower after EVAR in the first six months, become similar after six months and up to four years, but then become larger than those after open repair after four years. This is critical information to share and discuss with the patients. The choice of open repair concentrates the surgical risk upfront, but benefits from better procedure-related long-term results and similar long-term survival. The choice of EVAR implies lower short-term surgical risk, but carries a five-fold persistent risk of aneurysm-related complications, including death, distributed along the long-term follow-up. So, accurate assessment of surgical risk and life expectancy are critical to make the right choice in each patient. A systematic EVA-first or open-first approach would not render the best quality of care we can offer. And how do these findings compare with the recommendations in the latest 2019 ESVS Clinical Practice Guidelines on the management of abdominal aortoiliac aneurysms? The guidelines recommend open repair for fit patients with life expectancy beyond 10 years with a class of recommendation 2A. Patients with suitable anatomy and reasonable life expectancy and or higher surgical risk are likely to benefit from EVA more than from open repair. The choice of techniques should consider anatomical suitability, fitness, life expectancy, 
patient preferences, needs and expectations, including sexual function and compliance with follow-up protocols. The results of this meta-analysis further support these recommendations. What are the limitations of this meta-analysis? The EVA-1 and OVA trials are by far the largest trials included in this meta-analysis. They account for 71.5% of the recruited patients, and EVA-1 by itself accounts for 42%. So a lot of the results are sustained by these two studies, and some primary outcomes, like aneurysm-related mortality and reintervention rates, are sustained mainly in the EVA-1 trial. This trial enrolled patients in the UK between 1999 and 2004, older and with larger aneurysms than the other trials. It is often argued that the endografts used in this trial were first generation and would obtain worse results than with current endografts. It could be. Yet, sometimes technology does have its hiccups, like the Nelix graft, which has been stopped after evidence of high risk of migration after just two years. There is a lot more to learn than to criticize from EVA 1. The risk of bias was considered very low for all items with high-quality evidence. Its data cannot simply be overlooked or disdained as obsolete. Progress has been made in EVAR, experience, software, planning, image acquisition, conformable devices, etc. in the 15 years since EVAR 1 finished recruitment, but the core treatment remains pretty much the same. A trial today might obtain some differences, but maybe also in open repair with again more experience and fast-track recovery protocols. The conclusions in this meta-analysis are robust and applicable. Applicable for patients eligible for standard EVAR and fit for open repair, that is. I must point out also that they are applicable to men, but cannot be extrapolated to women, as very few women were recruited in the trials, and we are learning from recent papers that women behave differently to men after similar vascular procedures. So what is the take-home message? EVAR carries a lower perioperative and six-month mortality risk than open surgical repair for a symptomatic infrarenal AAA. The long-term aneurysm-related mortality, reintervention and rupture rates are however higher after EVA than after open repair, and patients who rupture following EVA are more likely to die than those with ruptures after open repair. Bear all this in mind when choosing a treatment modality for any given patient after careful and accurate assessment of AAA rupture risk, surgical risk, life expectancy and detailed informed consent. I encourage you to read the full text paper. The complete reference is European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery, Year 2020, Volume 59, pages 385 to 397. Thank you, Melina, for another very interesting discussion. I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you, Agla. Have a great week. Bye. We see Goodbye.